Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. To read a scripture from Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16. We've been sharing for some few weeks now about the kinds of people who go to hell. We've been talking about those who go to hell, and we've been talking about so many things, describing so many people or the kind of person that goes to hell. And one such people, we said, are those who are offered salvation and they refuse. And we shared a lot about such people. And we also talk about those who accept the offer, but look back. They look back. They look back into the world. And we also talk about those who do not want to do difficult things for God. It's amazing that such people can potentially go to hell if you don't want to do difficult things for God. And we talk a lot about that. And then I think the last group of people we talk about was the unwise Christians. If you are a Christian without wisdom you can also go to hell. Hallelujah. Now, we say that this kind of message, a message that talks about hell, is not a very popular message. It is not a kind of message that people yearn to go to church to hear. When people go to church, they want to hear about prosperity. They want to hear about marriage. They want to hear about having houses having promotion, having jobs. Hallelujah. When people go to church, they want to be told that they are going to do well. Amen. Amen. But um, we are a full gospel church, and as your pastor, I am obligated to share everything that is in the scriptures with you. And message about hell also is in the scriptures. Amen. And every Christian ought to know about all this, uh, all this important message. Hallelujah. So Matthew chapter 19, I want to read this passage from verse 16. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16. So the next person that goes to hell that I want to talk about is... The rich man. The rich man. Isn't that amazing? The rich man. So Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16. It says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master. Someone came to Jesus and said, 
Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Hallelujah. You know, it's amazing that um, I just noted that this man, when he came to Jesus, he said, what good thing shall I do that I may go to heaven? What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? What good thing shall I do that I may escape hell? Amen. Amen. You know, he didn't ask, what shall I do that I may have eternal life? He said, what good thing shall I do? That means there are a lot of good things that you can do and you can still go to hell. Amen. There are a lot of supposedly good things that look to be good things that you can do and you can still go to hell. So he himself, he did not even know the question that he threw on. He said, what good thing shall I do? What good thing shall I do that I shall have eternal life? Amen. Amen. You know, there are sometimes we look at certain people and we look at the things they do and we don't associate hell with them. We see how this person is respectful. We see how this person is working hard, doing things in the church. We see how this person is always in church. We see how this person is always singing. You see the spirit of the Lord upon the person. And you see so many good things that the person is doing. But this man was interested in what good thing, what of the good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Is keeping the commandments a good thing? Three people said yes. Is keeping the commandments of God a good thing? So Jesus said, if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, which one? Which one? Which one are you talking about? I came to you to find out what good thing I must do to enter into eternal life. Don't you know that I know about the commandments? He says, which one are you talking about? Which are the commandments are you talking about? Amen. He says, what good thing must I do? Jesus said, if you want to enter into life, then keep the commandments. And then he said, which one? Which one? Amen. Amen. He says, which one? Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. So Jesus was going through the commandments. He said, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Are these in the commandments? He says, honor thy father and thy mother, 
and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So Jesus was going on. The young man said unto him, wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about the commandments that God gave to Moses? He said, I have been a Christian for a while. I have served God for a long time. Since I was born. I was born into a Christian family. My father was a Levite. I was born into a pastoral family. My father was a pastor and my mother was a lady pastor. I have been a shepherd since I was 16 years old. I am the one that sings, I am the one that leads the worship in the church. I have done, said, which one are you talking about? The young man said unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth up. All these commandments that you are talking about, I have kept them from my youth. Since I grew up and I learned about these commandments, I have kept them from my youth. What lack I yet? What do I lack? I want you to tell me what I lack. I came to address you and I called you good master because I know the word of God is in your mouth. Tell me something that I do not know besides these commandments because of all these commandments, I have done them from my youth. Tell me something that I lack. I do not want to miss heaven. I don't want to go to hell. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he stopped asking questions. He stopped showing off. He stopped talking about what he has and what he doesn't have. When the young man heard this saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He had great possessions. He was a rich man. So when he heard the saying, the Bible says he went away sorrowful. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. A rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. The Bible puts it in Mark 10, 25. It says, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go through the gaze to heaven. It is easier for a camel to go. That means it is very difficult for a rich man to go to heaven. Now, it doesn't mean that when you are rich is a curse. No. This man said, I have done all these things. I have followed all these commandments. I have done all these great things. But his wealth 
was keeping him still behind the gates of heaven. His wealth was keeping him still behind the gates of heaven. So when it came to parting with his health, with his wealth, he was ready to go away. He was ready to keep his wealth than to go through the kingdom of God or to go to the kingdom of God. So Jesus said, hardly will it be. He says that a rich man shall hardly enter into a king, the kingdom of heaven. Now verse 25 says, when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? Because even us, as we are following you, as we have left our businesses, as we have left our fishing business and we are following you, we see that you can multiply things. We see that if we leave our fish business and follow you, you can multiply what we have lost many fold. That is one of the reasons why we are following you. We are expecting to be rich. As we are serving you, we are hoping to be rich. Now, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? Because we who are directly following you and closely with you, we are, our minds are that we'll be rich also. How many of you in your heart, you are believing God that God will make you rich? Or if you are rich already, that God will make you richer than you are. Amen. I'm believing God that he'll make me very rich. Very rich. The disciples were amazed. Because it is God who has said that he will give you the hidden riches. He said he will give you durable riches. So who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? First Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6. He says, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? But there's a last scripture that I didn't But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, verse 26, he says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, you have to understand. You see, the wealth that you will acquire in man's wisdom, the wealth that you acquire in man's wisdom, and in this world, it is the kind of wealth that is very difficult to part with when it comes to God. It is the kind of wealth that you do not include God in it. The wealth that you acquire is that you can put the church aside and go for it. The kind that you can, they will give you a wealthy job, a job pay, giving you a large salary, and they say, but you are going to work Sunday. It is that kind, that kind of job, the one that is going to take God from that wealth. It is that 
which Jesus is talking about. He says, with man, it's impossible. If you are going to acquire wealth through man, it is impossible to enter through the kingdom of God. If you are going to seek the wealth that comes from man, if man is going to promote you to acquire wealth, with that, it's impossible to go to the kingdom of God. If that is your means of wealth, but with God, you can be rich and still enter into the kingdom of God. I said, it says, with God, all things are possible. With God, you can be rich and you still will go to heaven. With God, you can be rich and you will still serve him. With God, you can be rich and you can easily part with your wealth. And it will not affect you. With God. Hallelujah. With man, it's impossible. It's impossible. Amen. But with God, it's possible. First Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? You see, it is God who gives us power to make wealth. If that is the kind of power that you are looking for as your source of wealth, then with God, it is possible. Amen. Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 6, and I want to read from verse 6. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hateful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. They that be rich fall into temptation and a snare. They that be rich, you fall into temptation and a snare. A snare is a trap. Hallelujah. A snare is a trap that the enemy set for you when you become rich. A snare is that kind of trap that the enemy set for you that puts certain pride in you that even when you go to church and there's a message that you dislike, you don't like, you just walk away. There are some people, they are so wealthy and sometimes the church depends on them even to run. And sometimes when such people are sitting in the church, the pastor looks at their face and they can't say certain things. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Thank God the lighthouse is not like that. As a lighthouse, it's not like that. Amen. One of the things that I have noticed in the church of God is that with or without you, the church will move on. Amen. With or without you, the church will move on. If a church that began from Collegono, which had no rich man, which had only students, which had only university students and students from polytechnic and nursing schools who had no jobs and high schools. If God can lift such a church up to a level where it is today, I have come to believe that with or without you, God will build this church. Amen. And so it is in your own interest to join what God is doing. Hallelujah. It is in your own interest. I have seen churches which have millionaires in them. 
Millionaires in them. Amen. I will not mention any church. But they have not been able to even do a quarter of what God is using this small church to even do. Hallelujah. I am sharing something with you. I am telling you the truth. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, he says, having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hateful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Please, if the Bible is your own, underline, highlight, circle, check, mark, put crosses at the beginning and at the end of the scripture. God wants you to be rich. I said, God wants you to be rich. God wants you to be rich. But one thing that God does not want you to fall in love is to fall in love with riches. Is to fall in love with money. He says, for the love of money. You see, money itself is not a curse. To be rich is not a curse. But the love of money, the love of money is what is a curse. And God said, anything, he says, thou shalt have no other God before me. Now, anything that we put in our life before God becomes a God to you. Hallelujah. If your pursuit for money comes before God, it becomes a God to you. He says, have no other God before me. Have no other God. That is why he says, thou shalt love me with all thine heart. Thou shalt love me with all thy might. Thou shalt love me with all thy strength. Thou shalt love me with all thy mind, with all thy soul. That means everything about you should love God. If money becomes something that you love, it becomes a curse to you. Amen. He will give you wealth. He will give you riches. But never fall in love with it. Amen. So he says, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after. So if you are preparing to come to church on Sunday, as you are preparing and you are ironing your clothes and you are singing and then your phone rings and your boss says, oh, somebody called in sick and I'm just going through the list and I have come to you. We need you to come in today. And today in particular, we, the way the things are, we are going to pay you twice what we normally will pay. And then you look and then you check and then you, you calculate how much money you are going to make. And then you decide, well, the church will always be there. I will go today and then I will go next week. I went last week. And then even the message, when the pastor is about to finish, he will summarize all of it. So the one that I miss, I will still get it. So... And then you decide to go to work instead. You say, I will catch the podcast. Which such things we do all the time. Which such things we do all the time. Sometimes you say, all my clothes are dirty and I'm going to do my laundry this Sunday. If I don't cook, I will not have any food to eat. So I'm going to do all my cooking this Sunday. 
After all, if I don't go to church one Sunday, God would understand. God does not understand such things. God does not understand such things. He does not understand. So stop saying that. When you don't come to church, God does not understand it. Amen. After all, God understands. God knows my heart. God truly knows your heart. Oh, yes. He knows your heart. He says, for, he says, he says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of divorce. The love of money is the root of when friends are not talking anymore. I am telling you. The love of money is the reason why people leave churches. The love of money is the reason why churches separate. The love of money is the root of all evil. All evil. The love of money. You may not know. The love of money is the root of all evil. Is a root of sudden death. Is a root of is a root of premature death. Is a root of all evil. All evil. He said, which while some coveted after, some chased after, they have erred from the faith. They have they have that redirected themselves, their path away from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou. Oh, man of God. Turn to your neighbor and says, Oh, woman or man of God. It says, But thou, oh, man of God, flee these things and follow after what? Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And then it says in verse 12, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called. Lay hold on eternal life. Fight a good fight of faith. You see, the very basic, the very fundamental of your faith, it is being taken away from you. Amen. You know, the very fundamental of your faith that Jesus died and rose again from the dead and that which you have believed and that which upon which you say you are saved, the enemy sought to take that from you. You know, when Jesus died, the, you see, they set soldiers. They set soldiers at the tomb to guard the tomb, to make sure that the body does not get out of the tomb. You see, the very foundation of your faith is under attack. They set soldiers to keep the tomb, to be at the tomb, to watch it 24-7, to make sure that these disciples don't come near. And when Jesus rose again and they, em- they found out the tomb was empty, they set up a lie. They said, tell the people that whilst you were guarding the tomb, you fell asleep. And the the people came and they stole them. I said, the foundation, the basics of your faith, it is being stolen away from you. So he says, fight a good fight of faith. Fight a good fight of faith. Resist these things. Thou man of God, flee from these things. Hallelujah. Flee from these things. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 16. 
Luke chapter 16. You see, wealth, it can take your faith away easily. Riches can take your faith away easily. You know, when you don't have, when you are poor, you have a lot of prayers. Amen. When people don't have needs, they don't tend to God. True or not true? Amen. Oh, yes, I know that. Your prayer life is always enhanced. Your prayer life is enhanced when you have a need. When you are, I'm talking about a need that you cannot meet. When you have a need that you cannot meet, it enhances your prayer life. It increases your relationship. It increases the time that you spend with God. There are some of you who are sitting here today. There was a time that you used to, you used to pray for the food that you will eat in the morning. The day before, the night before, you will pray concerning the food that you will eat the next day. There are some of you who are sitting here today, if you will have food to eat in the morning, it's a miracle. You will give praise to the Lord if you have food to eat in the morning. There are some of you who are sitting here today that you used to pray for your boss that he will continue to have this business so he continue to employ you. Now, tell me how many of you, you are a nurse in a big hospital. How many times have you risen up to pray for the CEO of the hospital that he will continue to keep the hospital so that you will continue to be employed in that hospital? You see, that is not a prayer topic. Oh, you have a lot of prayer topics. When you begin to pray, you couldn't stop because there are so many things that you have to pray about. Where you sleep was a problem. There are some of you, you dread for the night to come. You didn't want the night to come. Amen. Amen. You see, your, your, your prayer life is enhanced. Your prayer life is enhanced when you have a need that you cannot meet. Today, you don't have such need. Today, you don't have to pray about what you eat. And so, that is checked off from your prayer list. Amen. That is checked off from your prayer list. There was a time that your prayer life was to, for the Lord to just open a door that you can have a job to do. Today that job has taken you away from God. I said that job has taken you away from God. Amen. You know, I said when you have a need that you cannot meet, when you have a need that you cannot meet, it enhances your prayer life. Amen. Some of you, there was a time in life where when you, go, when you go to the toilet, when you go to the bathroom, you needed newspapers, newspapers, printed papers, newspapers to do yourself justice. You needed newspapers, sometimes ripped newspapers that they count for you to do yourself justice. The only time you use the proper kind of material is when you went to boarding school. That is the only time that you saw and that you kept it because you have never used it before. And you kept it and keeping them. Today you don't remember. Amen. I said today you don't remember. Amen. You have to eat certain kinds of food. Today when you wake up in the morning and you, are, you, you want to urinate or you want to, you close your eyes. You close your eyes and you leave your bathroom, you leave your bedroom with your eyes closed and you're just filling doors, walls. And then you get to a nice place 
and then you ease yourself. There was a time that you could not close your eyes to go to places like that. There was a time in your life you walk like this. You jump like this. In case you jump to certain places, you could not stay asleep. You could not stay asleep. You had a prayer need. You went on your knees to pray. You cried to the Lord. You cried to the Lord. Today, that is not your prayer topic. You see, so when you have a need, when you have a need, you see, so God is saying, hardly will it be for a rich man, hardly will it be for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Hardly will it be. Amen. Your plate, the plate that you ate from was leaves, leaves, green leaves. Oh, some of you have forgotten. So, so I am the only one. I am the only one. It's okay. I cannot understand how I was able to eat breakfast. They give hot pepper for breakfast. And cake with some for breakfast. That's the beginning of your day. In a temperature of 90 degrees. You see, your prayer life has gone down because you have needs that you can meet easily. You don't have needs that you cannot meet. Amen. But let us just read this story and then we will end here. Luke chapter 16. David says something in Proverbs 30 and verse 8. Can somebody read that for me? Proverbs quickly. Proverbs 30 and verse 8. David says something. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 8. Who has that? Open. Proverbs 30 and verse 8. Read it for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Proverbs 30 verse 8. Remove far from me vanity and lies. He says, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me neither poverty. Let me not be poor and let me not be rich. He says, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee. Lest I will be full and deny thee. And say, who is the Lord? And say, who is the Lord? Or, or lest I be poor and steal. And, or lest I be poor and steal. So David said, do not make me poor. Do not make me overly rich. Give me food enough for me. Lest I will deny thee. Or I will say, who is the Lord? Or lest I will be poor and then I will steal. And take the name of my God in vain. And take the name of my God in vain. Amen. May we never take the name of our God in vain. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. May we never take the name of our God in vain. Amen. He says, lest I'll be poor and steal. Or I'll be rich and deny my God. Some of us, we, have, we are rich and we deny our God. Some of you, you are rich. That is why you have become so proud. Some of you, when you were unemployed and every weekend you come to the pastor for prayers. I'm going for this interview. I need, you were very humble. You were very, very humble. 
Today, even we can't find you in the church. Amen. Some of you, when you needed your papers, you were very humble. There are some of you that I have not prayed for in a long time. Since that need was met, I have not prayed for you in a long time. You have not had any need. Oh, yes. When you have a need that you cannot meet, that is why, you see, sometimes out of God's mercy and love, he withholds certain things from us. God would withhold certain things from us. Amen. Yes. So, Luke chapter 16 and verse 19. Are you there? I just want to read this short passage with you and then we will close. Luke 16 and 19. It says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen. That means the man, he dressed well. Do you know what we call sports? He, he could sport. Do you know what it is? Yeah. It means the man could really sport. Sport is a terminology. That means that the man can put it together. Yeah. Yeah. He could really dress. The man knew fine linen. He knew fine clothes. When you look at his garment, the clothes that he's wearing, you could see that it's quality. It's expensive. Amen. Hallelujah. When you see him, you know that this man, he said, he, 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 he was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. That means he lived a very luxurious life every single day. Luxurious life. Now, do you think this is a kind of man who goes on his knees and asks God for the food that he will eat the next day? Do you think this is a kind of man who goes on his knees to ask God what he will wear the next day? Do you think this is a kind of man who asks God where he will sleep the night coming? No. No. Do you think this is a kind of man where people will knock on his door to give tracts or to share Christ with and then he will open and say, come in? Is he the kind of man? Don't you think this will be the kind of man where there are dogs at the gates that you can't, that even the watchman, the security guard will not even take a track from you? He says he fed, he fed he, not fed, not the, just the food, but he lived, he fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which laid at his gate full of sauce. Now, do you think this man that we just described will be the type that will take a track from you? Hallelujah. He said, there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sauce, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sauce. And it came to pass 
that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. You see, when you read another version, it says, and the day came, the day came when the beggar died. That day will come for everyone. Whether you are rich or poor, that day will come for you. It's inevitable. He said the day came when the, the beggar died and he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. The rich man also died. You see, you may live long. You know, sometimes when I'm in a hospital, you know, and I remember just quite recently, there was a man, middle-aged man, who suddenly collapsed. And his friends jumped on him and, you know, they performed CPR. You know, everyone should learn how to do that, you know. Perform CPR and call the ambulance and they came and quickly they brought him to the hospital and all sorts of things. You know, of course, it was cardiac arrest or so a sudden cardiac death. And all sorts of things were done to revive him. They brought him to the intensive care unit and working on him, put him on a, on a ventilator or a breathing machine and all kinds of medications, worked on him and worked on him. And the next time I went to work, the man was awake, alert, sitting in a chair, you know, and talking and eating and... You know, and my heart was broken, you know, because I knew that in certain places, this man would have been buried by the time that I went to work. Do you understand? This man would have been buried. You see, so if you have wealth, such as the man in this country, in a rich nation, you know, your life can be prolonged. Do you understand? Your life can be extended. You can, if the poor man will live to be 50 years, you probably may live to be 70 years. But that day will come. The 70 years that mark will always, by all means, without any interruption, without a doubt, that day will come. Hallelujah. So the Bible says it's not surprising that the beggar died earlier. And the rich man also died. And was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. The beggar died, and he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died, and the Bible says, and in hell, there was no other in between, no description. He says he died, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes, and he realized that he was in hell. Beloved, I don't know what preparation you have made. I don't know how your heart is towards wealth. But he says the rich man also died. The one who has died. The one who does not have also died. He says the rich man died, and in hell, that moment he was in hell. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said to Father Abraham, Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. 
I don't know about, I've never experienced this kind of thirst. That I am so thirsty that I need someone with his dirty finger, whatever is on his finger, wherever the finger has gone, any of his nostrils, any of his orifices, that the finger has gone. I don't care where the finger has been, but I want that finger to dip into water and just touch my tongue. I don't know what kind of test that is. But there's a place where you have tests like that. Amen. He says, I am in torment in this flame. I am in torment in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which will pass from hence to you cannot. Beloved, when that day comes and that separation comes, there is no coming back. He says, they that are on this side cannot cross over. Now the word of God is so sure and true. And if God is saying you cannot, you cannot. If it does not happen now, that decision about you going to heaven or hell is not made today. You cannot make that decision again. So he says, they that are, he says, and besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us. That would come from thence. Then he said, this is the rich man, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. He said, if Lazarus cannot cross over to come to me to give me water on my tongue, then send Lazarus to my father's house. Send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers. He said, because I have five brothers. I have five brethren that he may testify unto them. He may testify of this experience unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Why did he say that? Because he knows his brothers. He was with his brothers. They are all from one wealthy family. And he knows the many times that the preachers have come by. He knows the many times that the evangelist group has come by to give tracts and either he himself has driven them away or the brothers have driven. He knows that the brothers will not go to church to listen to what you are listening to. They didn't have a need. They were rich and they didn't have any need to go to church. You know, there are certain countries where people pray a lot. There are certain countries where people go to church a lot. You know, this is not the number of people that should be in church today. This is not a number. Amen. He says, I have five brothers. Send someone, send Lazarus from here to them to testify of them. Otherwise, I have no doubt in my mind the kind of life that they are living. I have no doubt in my mind that they will come here in this place of torment also. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses 
and the prophets. Let them hear them. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He says, right now, we are here. You are in hell and we are in heaven. But your brothers, your five brothers, they have a pastor standing right in front of them, preaching right now. Let them hear them. He said, there is a pastor standing, standing right now, this moment. Some of you, some of your beloveds have gone to be with the Lord. And they are pleading. They are pleading. Some of them have gone to hell. I'm sorry to say that. And they are pleading that you will hear the message today. That this will mean something to you. That you will not take this as a fairy tale. That it is not a joke. That salvation is not a joke. Lost sons in laws. The Bible says they thought he was joking. The Bible says it was just like the days of Noah. They were marrying and giving in marriage. They were eating and drinking. And they thought it was a joke. Beloved, it may sound like a fairy tale. You know, Jesus told a lot of parables. But this is one particular story that he did not say is a parable. He did not. He mentioned a person's name directly. Amen. It is real. I say it is real. He says, send them to testify unto him, lest they come unto this place of torment. Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went into the, unto them from the dead, they will repent. He said, Father Abraham, I don't understand. I was with my brothers. I know the kind of people they are. They don't listen to any preacher. They don't believe what the preacher is reading from the Bible. The preacher is right in front of them. Turn to Luke chapter 16 and reading from verse 19 and telling them that heaven and hell are real. They don't believe it. They will not listen. It says, nay, Father Abraham, these brothers, they don't listen. They are in a country where they don't even need to pray for the food they eat. They don't need to pray for where they will sleep. They don't need to pray for what they will wear. They don't need to pray for anything. These brothers have wealth and they will not listen to any preacher. Church is not part of them. They go to church when they want. Amen. But if someone from here, someone who has died, will rise up again and go to them, someone rises up from death and go to them, they will believe. Abraham said, nay. Verse 31. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Amen. He says, if they are not hearing the preacher who is right in front of them right now, because the preacher also will talk about, you see, in the Bible days, Jesus, you know, it's, I don't know if it is just God's divine way that it was Lazarus that Jesus raised from the dead. Now, this is a different Lazarus that we're talking about. It was Lazarus that Jesus raised from the dead. Now, Lazarus was raised from the dead. And I believe that Lazarus, because the Bible says, when a man dies, either the angels will carry you into heaven, or you will find yourself in hell. It's no waiting time. 
So as we are crying and we are mourning and we are embalming and we are having a, you are, you have taken your destination. You have arrived already. You have arrived already. Amen. So I believe when Lazarus died, he took a destination and Jesus brought him back. I believe he may have shared some of his experiences. But we did not see that all the city, everyone gave his life to Christ. Everyone began to follow Jesus. So most Abraham said, if they did not hear Moses and the prophets, neither would they hear even if someone were to raise up from the dead and go to them. Amen. You know, we don't have time, but I have a lot of stories that I was going to share with you about near-death experience and people who experienced near-death and came back and their experiences and their stories. And I believe most of you have seen some of them on TV, but you don't believe. I say you do not believe it. You don't believe it. So we think that, you see, if I, if I had died and I rose again and I was standing here, you would think that you would believe me. That I said, you, oh, the man died, we were at his funeral, you know, and then we put him in a box, in a refrigerator for three days, and then when we went to the cemetery, he rose up again, you know, and we all ran away. Now he's a pastor that is preaching, you know. Don't, how many of you believe that this place will be packed and full? It will be. But how many of you agree with me that they will not believe? They will still not give their life to Christ. Amen. They will still not believe. So he says, if one were to rise up from the dead and come, they will still not believe. If one were to rise up and come, they will still not believe. Beloved, you may not have the chance again. You may not hear this again. You may not have the opportunity again. The next time you hear it is the moment that you have made that decision. The next time you hear it will be at the place where you are bargaining for someone. The time is here to make that decision. Our time is up. Stand to your feet. Oh, the prayers of David in Proverbs 30, verse 8 to 9. Lord, may you not give me poverty that I may steal, neither riches, overwhelming riches. Oh, Lord, do not give me overwhelming riches. Stand to your feet and let us pray. Father, we are grateful and thankful that you have called us to be partaker of this great kingdom. Lord, we are thankful. We are grateful, Lord. Father, let not riches take us away from your kingdom. Let not wealth, let not wealth remove us. He said, some converted after this and they shared and they feared out of faith. Lord, let not wealth and riches remove us from faith. But may we continue to fight this good fight. May we continue to fight the good fight of faith. To hold on to eternal life. In the name of Jesus, we glorify your name, Lord. We give you praise. We honor you, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. Strengthen me, hold my head up high, and I stand upon your truth, Lord. Bring it glory unto you, and let the peace of God 
Christ as your personal savior. Beloved, the time is today. The time is now. Let this, not, let this opportunity not escape you. You are here. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. If that is you, the Lord is speaking to you this afternoon. You want to receive Jesus as your savior. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to receive Christ as your savior. Maybe somebody invited you to church. Maybe you have gone to church many times. Or you have been a Christian many times. But you know in your heart. That if you were to die today. You will not go to heaven. You, are not, you know in your heart. That if you were to die today. You will not go to heaven. You can make that decision. And make that choice this afternoon. That when I die. I want to be in Abraham's bosom. When I die, I want angels to carry me. If that is your prayer, you want to receive Jesus Christ, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone like that? Anyone? Lift up your hand high so I can see it. I want to pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? Anyone here like that? With all eyes closed, every head bow, please. You are here this afternoon. All eyes closed, every head bow. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You are here. The Lord is ministering to you. I don't know why, but the Lord is speaking to you. He says, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Beloved, lift up your hand. You, you know the Lord is talking to you. The Lord is speaking to you. You may not have this opportunity again. You may not have this opportunity again. Is that you? Is that you? Is that you? Why don't you all join me and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned. I am not worthy to be counted as one of your children. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. 
I believe you died for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Please cleanse me with your blood. I welcome you into my life. Lord Jesus, you rose again on the third day to conquer death for me. Lord Jesus, be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we are thankful and grateful for your word this afternoon. Lord, we are thankful for our salvation. We pray, Lord, that we continue to walk with you. Let not riches take us away from the kingdom. Let not wealth cause us to shear from our faith. But Lord, may we continue to fight this good fight of faith. May we continue to remain in this faith. May we continue to walk with you in the name of Jesus. We are thankful and grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? A big clap as you take your seats. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.